Welcome, I'm Laura Lee Binstock and you're listening to a Trauma Survivor Thrivers Podcast. Many of us have faced narcissistic abuse, whether it be from a parent, spouse, friend, or in the workplace. A lot of us may have complained that a coworker or boss was a narcissist. And we may joke about it, but the truth is prolonged exposure to this type of abuse can result in complex post-traumatic stress disorder or PTSD. Symptoms include attachment issues, addiction issues, anxiety, and self-destructive behaviors. Joining me today uh, is Joy Larkin, narcissistic abuse survivor and life coach specializing in PTSD, codependency, and narcissistic abuse. Joy, thank you so much for joining me today. Yes, thank you so much for having me. It's really a pleasure. Thank you. Awesome. Well, (laughs) first of all, I mean, I know a lot of us say this, like, oh, you know, this person's such a narcissist, but what is a narcissist and how can someone actually spot one? Yes. So a narcissist is someone that could feel a sense of entitlement. You know, if you're dealing with them, this person is a very controlling, very manipulative, very deceptive when you're dealing with them. This person um, usually feels a sense of superiority over a lot of people. Um, They don't have any empathy. They have no love to give in a relationship. Um, And they always need a sense of, well, they need to seek attention and constant admiration and accolades from people all the time. So that's how you can kind of tell if you're dealing with a narcissist in a relationship or even a family member as well. And I know that you said they lack empathy. Is that something that eventually they could build? Is that something that that can eventually, or is there something like, something in their brain that's just does not allow them to I think that they could fake it and it be fake the empathy in the beginning but I think and and that's usually when they love bomb you and when they're grooming you to try to get you to stay with them in a relationship but essentially no there's no empathy there's no them eventually having it because that's just not who they are you know to be a narcissist you have to lack empathy there is there's nothing for them to love or to understand where you're coming from, to be in your shoes, to see your perspective on a, the relationship or situation. They just, they don't, they're, they're not capable of doing it. Unfortunately, I think it comes from their past and the things that they've been through their trauma and their issues, and they never got the help, the healing and the counseling that they needed. So yeah, they just never see things from other people's perspective, no empathy ever. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I've read that narcissistic abuse affects more than 158 million Americans, and you are one of them. Can you tell me how you were affected by narcissistic abuse? Wow, yeah, um, it affected me a lot. Honestly, I was devastated. I was heartbroken. I was in pain. I suffered a lot. Um, I cried a lot, and I was depressed and had a lot of anxieties and fears and worries and I just didn't know what to do. I didn't know who to turn to. Not a lot of my family and friends understood what narcissistic abuse was. So I kind of had to go on my own and do my own research and kind of find others that have gone through what I've experienced because I was like, okay, nobody else around me has experienced narcissistic abuse. So why did I? Well, what did, did you experience? So basically psychological abuse, emotional abuse, mental abuse, um, not really physical, but just mental and verbal abuse, just uh, belittling and, you know, put downs and, you know, 
not feeling good enough and not being able to express myself or be myself and share my emotions. I always had to be someone else. And, you know, yeah, just, it was just abuse all in all. How did you realize that when you were like, no one else is going through this, how did you know it was narcissistic abuse? And when did you start doing your research about it? Well, I knew it was narcissistic abuse because after I went no contact with the guy that I was dealing with, I started to type in words that he would say to me, like little phrases. And I saw that it was like, oh, if he said this, then on my phone, it would be like, oh, NPD, narcissistic personality disorder. And I was like, oh, crap. (laughs) So I was dealing with a narcissist, you know, like, for instance, he would say something like, oh, I never said that, you know, even if they said it to me, he would say, I never said that you know? And so that's kind of some of the things that narcissists will do to make you second guess yourself. They also call it gaslighting, Mm -hmm. um, which makes you question your judgment. So that way you're not able to make the right decisions, essentially leaving them. They don't want you to do that. Um, But yeah, I just started to do my research because I was just like, what I went through um, with my aunt, as well as the guy that I was dealing with was not normal. And I was just trying to find the answers. I was like, what is this? What did I experience? And not only that, but after I went no contact with my uh, male narc, I was obsessed. (laughs) You know, I was trying to figure out what was he doing? Why did he choose someone else over me? Was I the, was I the problem? Did I need to do something better? I felt like what was wrong with me? So that's what kind of intrigued me to do the research. You know, you did mention PNSD. Um, Yes. Did I say that correctly? Yeah. So this is the term post-narcissistic stress disorder, and it looks a little like PTSD. Um, Could you explain more specifically what uh, PNSD is? Yeah. So basically post-narcissist stress disorder is basically the aftermath of when you're dealing with a narcissist. So it's everything from triggers and, you know, experiencing depression and anxiety, loneliness and worries about the the past and worries about the present and the future, you know, and feeling like, okay, so is everybody else going to do this to me, you know, and having those fears of trusting people again, dating again, worrying if others are going to repeat the cycle, am I ever going to be happy, you know, and also just things that remind you of the narcissist, you know, you just, and when you think of that, it hurts you. And even sometimes you may miss them and you may want to go back, you know? So, um, just going through that and, um, having sleepless nights, withdrawals and feeling isolated and helpless and feeling like you're all alone. No one can help you and you're just by yourself. So that's definitely something that you can experience with uh, PNSD. I also read somewhere that narcissists, cannot verbally apologize and I can imagine that (laughs) them not apologizing makes it feel like whatever the problem is is your problem and not necessarily theirs right is this true unfortunately yes um the narcissist that I dealt with um never apologized now my aunt on the other hand she was a narc I lived with her for five years And the only time that she ever apologized, which was our last meeting that I ever um, saw her, which was in 2015, before I went no contact with her, um, I told her like how everything that she did to me and said to me and how she made me feel while living with her, how I didn't appreciate that. And it made me feel upset, you know, and what she said was, um, I'm sorry, you feel that way. 
That's how, that's what narcissists will say. It's not like they'll say, oh, I'm really sorry that I hurt you. You know, I, I won't do that again. Um, I'm really sorry. I, I want to change. I want to be better. I know that that was wrong. That wasn't right. You know, but she just said, I'm sorry you feel that way. So it's just like, okay, I wasn't wrong. But if you feel that way, you know what I mean? That that's your problem, you know? And even going back um, that day, going, she dropped me off at the house and I was upset, you know, I was just kind of distraught and I was just like, wow, I, I don't see myself ever having a relationship with her ever again. And I just looked over to the side of her and she had this smirk on her face. And I was just like, wow, like she didn't mean what she said. And she was actually pleased with how she made me feel that day. And that was literally the last day I ever saw her. That was back in 2015. So. And you were also talking about a guy that you were dealing with yes. who was an arc as well. Yes. Um, how did you find your way out of that abusive relationship? Because there were times where he was still reaching out. Yes. Right? Yes. Yes. So they call that the hoovering, basically, like when you go no contact with a narc or where you see like the red flags or the signs that, okay, maybe this isn't the one, you know, what's going on? Maybe I need to move on. Um, I just realized that I wasn't getting what I needed out of the relationship. My needs weren't being met. I wasn't happy. I wasn't growing. I wasn't expanding. And I was just like, it just has to be something else. It has to be someone out there that will really love me and give me what it is that I deserve, you know, in a relationship. I want a healthy relationship, not a toxic, you know, um, abusive, meaningless and not growing kind of relationship, you know? And so I just decided that I was fed up and I, I wanted better for myself. I wanted more and I just moved on. I went no contact. Um, and unfortunately, you know, he did have people reaching out to me, hoovering me, trying to get me back, trying to get my attention, trying to get me to come back. And I just, I was like, no, I, I, I'm done. I, I was um, dealing with him for four years. You know, we, we were like dating and all that stuff, but it was never like official, official, but like we were still, you know, in a connection and we went out on dates and everything. But um, yeah, I was just, I was tired. I was like, I deserve better. I deserve more, <laughs> you know, I needed, you. I needed better. Yeah. So, yeah, it just seems like I can imagine that when you decided to leave mm -hmm. that kind of took a hit on his ego. Yes. And eventually, <laughs> so when you event, when he eventually stopped, was it more like, oh, I was able to let her go? Like, oh, it was, you know, she didn't leave me. I left her. We were like business partners. And um, after that, pretty much, you know, we fell in love. We started dating and we were connecting, but I didn't really fit into his kind of lifestyle that just, it didn't sit well with me. So we were still friends, but Eventually, he ended up moving on in his eyes, and um, I just, I didn't appreciate the lifestyle that he lived and how he treated me, for one, and, you know, after I went no contact, you know, he started parading around this new person, they call it the new supply, you know, and I was sitting here, like, that was the other reason how I knew he was a narcissist, because I know in healthy relationships, they don't be, they don't parade around the new person to try to really hurt that person, the per the previous person that they're with. But with the narcissist, they are that way. They try to hurt you. They want to kill your dreams. They want to make you feel bad. They want to make you feel guilty for leaving them. And it's kind of like you bruise their false self ego. You know, the, the they call it a narcissistic injury 
when you turn them down, when you reject them or where you say no to them, then they want to get back to you. They're wanna, they want to plot against you, you know, to make you feel how they feel. Could pe people who are not narcissists have narcissistic tendencies or um, characteristics? Is a person a narcissist versus narcissistic tendencies? Yes. Okay. Um, yeah. I mean, from time to time, a person that's a narcissist, it would be more so like it's a lifestyle for them. Like that's how they show up in relationships. This is who I am. I'm selfish. I'm, I feel entitled. I belittle people, you know, um, I feel superior to others. I don't, I lack empathy. I don't show love. I don't care for others. I'm all about, you know, getting my needs want. I'm all about exploiting other people at the expense of them, you know, that's a narcissist, but a person that may have those tendencies may, you know, kind of just brag and, you know, from time to time may hurt people or may say things that are not so nice or they may be mean, but then they may apologize and say, Hey, you know what? I'm sorry. That's not really me, you know? And then eventually they'll go back to normal, but a person that is a true narc, this is how they live. This is how they show up in relationships. And you know this, and they'll have a track record of building uh, burning bridges with people in relationships. Like they don't have many friends around them because they are trying to get things from those people. And they are essentially just ruining relationships with people. So they're, they're like a lone wolf, right? Mm -hmm. So but a person that would have those tendencies, they would not do those kind of things to people all the time. And they're, they're not trying to purposely hurt a person for their own benefit, like for their own gain. You know what I mean? Right. So, yeah. I feel like, you know, there are a lot of, you know, company presidents, leaders, bosses, you know, CEOs who may be narcissists. Um, a lot yeah. of times, some of those characteristics, characteristics can get you into a place where you are successful. Um, but if a person like, for instance, if it's, it's, if it's a boss, mm -hmm. if a person loves their job and loves what they do and who they work with, but they have trouble working with the narcissist in charge, mm -hmm. when is it time to actually leave that job? Or is there something that employee could do to kind of ease the stress from this narcissist? Well, um, I would say to leave, that's what I did because I realized that my boss that I worked with previously was a narcissist and I was very uncomfortable. I felt like I was a target. I felt like I was being mistreated and I just, I didn't want to be there because I'm like, I'm a hard worker and I mean, I'm helping you guys build your company, build your business. And why would I work with you guys if you're only going to mistreat me, make me feel bad, make me feel less than, and I'm actually really a good worker. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Now, I mean, I'd say leave, but don't leave unless you have like another job. I mean, you don't want to be out of money. <laughs> so right. definitely plan it out. Like, you know, start filling out applications online, doing your research and get your job first. That's what I did. I worked for someone who... I would, uh, many people would describe as a narcissist. Um, and it was really hard. I was being micromanaged, even though what, the, way I, the way I was working was fine. Um, I was doing my job the way I'm supposed to. Um, 
but there were times where he'd be behind me and say, oh, you didn't do that. Or you didn't do that. Like, yeah. I'm literally about to do it. Like they, yeah. they never feel like the, what you're doing is as good as how they would do it. Right. And so it was just this micromanaging, like, I need you to do all of these things for me. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately it was, I was at the end of my rope. I, I think the last thing that like broke the camel's back was he asked me to hold somebody, basically keep somebody at the office or the studio. And I specifically remember saying, Hey, you know, this person is ready to leave. Mm -hmm. You need, you need to, if you want to say bye, you need to say bye now. But Mm -hmm. he was busy doing something else. He's like, just keep her here. Mm. Next thing you know, I'm like, I'm sorry <laughs> she had to leave. And he, yeah. his response was, I could kill you right now. What? So I was like, okay, well, oh that God. was inappropriate. Yes. Um, and then he was like, okay, I didn't mean that. You know that uh, that was a joke. Don't tell your husband. And I'm like, <gasps> what? Okay. So I remember <laughs> I left oh. work. It was the end of the day. And we had been there, even the person, the guest had been there since like four in the morning. And I remember telling my, I got in the car, I'm like, you will not believe what this person said to me. And my husband's yeah. like, you gotta quit. And and, yes. then, and then I was just like, okay. And I remember when I put in my two weeks, he was like, why, why would you quit? You know, don't you love this and this? And there were so many things that I loved about the job. I just felt like I was constantly being belittled mm-hmm. and I don't think he understood that. And he would eventually, eventually, he was just like, well, you know, is there another job? And I was like, no, I just can't work here. So um, I think that was a little hard for him to digest. The thing is, he is a fun, he was a fun boss when you weren't working. Right. Because he did, like you said, he, he would do things that, would make other people be like, wow, your boss is so amazing. Um, but then when it came to working, it was too much um, yes. micromanaging and right. um, just unrealistic, you know, requests. Yes. So yes, I felt the need to leave that, um, mm-hmm. that, that workplace. And it was probably one of the best decisions I made because there were times I would come home and I would cry and you know and I wasn't the only and the reason why I knew it wasn't just me was because the majority of people mentioned that after they left like I feel so much better right now Mm -hmm. Um, I'm gone Um, but you know I did want to talk about codependency yes codependency is one of the symptoms of this type of abuse. And this is also one of your areas of expertise. Can you, Mm -hmm. can you describe codependency? Yes. So codependency is where you feel a sense of, um, that you can't live without someone. Like you need to have someone in your life in order to make you happy. And you really uh, rely on the approval, um, of others, like of your sense of self and your sense of identity. So it's like you're always seeking your like who you are from on the outside, you know, where you don't even like you don't know who you are. You're you're a people pleaser. You live for other people, you know, so you don't you live your life based off of what you do for others, not 
coming from within. So yeah, that's codependencies. And you know, when I was in treatment, I was actually, they were trying to figure out whether or not I was codependent or I had codependent tendencies and I had to fill out this long, like it was probably like 20 pages of like a questionnaire. And I was Mm -hmm. like, yes and no. Mm -hmm. So it was like, sometimes I'm like this, sometimes I'm not. So would that be codependent tendencies versus actually being codependent? Yes. And then the other thing I wanted to add with codependencies is if you're in a relationship, whether, you know, it's you or your partner and whether that person could be a narc, one person is allowing that person's addictions to continue. Meaning if that person is immature or irresponsible or they have poor mental health or, you know, they have addictions and, you know, this one partner is enabling that person to continue to be that way and they're not growing. Now, as far as codependency tendencies, kind of like how if you're a narc versus narcissistic tendencies, again, the tendency to be codependent is maybe you came out of a a relationship with a narcissist and somehow you didn't get the healing that you needed. So maybe your next relationship, you may be codependent where you feel like you need that person, where you feel like you can't live without them, like your life would just be nothing. And if you didn't have that person, but you may need to work on that, like heal that until you do, you may be codependent. And then once you heal, you know, you may even still have those traits from time to time, but that doesn't mean you're codependent. It just means you recovered from being codependent, but you still may exercise those kind of things. Meaning like you may feel needy. You may feel like, you know, overbearing and like you need your partner's attention all the time. You know, um, you know, you can't be by yourself. You know, you need to have that, per- that constant, you know, affection and that attention. You can't be independent. Like you need to rely on others financially. Like you can't, you, sometimes a person that's codependent feel like they can't take care of themselves, like literally, right? Mm-hmm. Now, um, again, if you recovered and you are in that process of healing, you may do that sometimes, but you, you, you're like, okay, I, already, I overcame that. So, you know, I'm now not codependent, but I may be that way but that's just a tendency for me because I've I've already had that experience previously and not only that but the narcissist actually makes a person codependent like a person may not even be codependent but if you're dealing with a narcissist they will make you that way and I say that because when I was dealing with my male narc I literally was codependent on this person for his approval for his like his answers like I would go to him and be like hey should I do should I um make this decision? Should I make that decision? Should I, should I wear this? What do you think about this? I was not doing that previously before I met him. And he literally got me to be that way. That's how narcissists will do. They make you codependent. But eventually when I was able to heal and recover, I still may have that tendency. Sometimes I would still be like, oh, should I ask my partner this? Should I ask him that? But then I'd be like, no, no, like I am, I can make my own decision. Like I can be strong within myself and use my intuition to say, all right, you go ahead and do that. Do that yourself without relying on my partner to make that decision. Right. So yeah, hopefully that makes sense. <laughs> no, no, that does. It's yeah. it, like you said, it's just, you've been hurt, but this yeah. isn't how you were previously. Correct. Yes. Um, so what does recovery for narcissistic abuse look like? 
So recovery, I feel like it looks like you letting go of the past. I feel it's also, you know, when you have let go of what the narcissist has done to you, you're no longer resenting what they've done. You're no longer even thinking about it. Um, also, when, you know, you're engaging in self-love and self-care activities, when you are um, setting healthy boundaries with yourself and other people in your life, when you begin to practice self-compassion and you begin to focus on yourself and your healing and yeah, you, you just moved on from that experience. You, you let it go. You're, you're over it and you learn from it and you may even help other people learn from it as well, or you learn from it and you're now you're successful in life and you're just living your life. That's not, that's you're a life coach. <laughs> yes, exactly. That's, that's the thing of the past. It's no longer, all right, I'm resenting the narc. I hate the narc. Uh, he, I'm going to make him pay. Like, no, you're just like, okay, I, I went through that for a reason. It was a lesson that I had to learn. And now I'm moving on with my life. And yeah, I'm just going to be happy whether the narc is in my life or not, or whether if I get a, an apology or not, or whether if I get some sort of closure, I'm going to be all right. I'm fine. How long can it take? Oh, that's a good question. <laughs> me? It's dependent on. Yeah. Yeah, it depends person. on the individual. Yeah, like it took me a while, honestly, maybe like two years. Um, others, it could take longer than that, depending mm -hmm. on how long you're with the narcissist. Like some people, they're with the narcissist for like 12 years. And it's like a lifelong journey for them to heal from that. It's like the narcissist, they're, they do a lot of damage. They really do. And it's, it's, it's devastating. And it's, it's traumatizing, to say the least, to to the extent of that damage that they do to you. It really is. They, they really mess you up. They really do. Yeah. Um, well, what does your, your coaching programs look like? Yes. Yeah, so I have um, a four-week coaching program. I have an eight-week coaching program, and I have a 90-day coaching program. Um, the most popular is my 90-day, and pretty much I help people overcome narcissistic abuse with that program. Very cool. Yes. Well, is there anything else you'd like to add? Yes. So with that 90 day coaching program, I'll just kind of explain a little bit. Basically, um, I work with my clients for three months. Um, the first month we talk about, you know, what happened to them, you know, what specifically happened during the course of them dealing with the narcissist. We help them gain clarity and awareness about their situation. The second month we talk about, you know, how we're going to heal, how we're going to move on. You know, we, we discuss an action plan and a blueprint and uh, a pathway to their recovery. And then the third month we take action and, you know, we, set those expectations. We set those goals. And yeah, if there's any setbacks, you know, I hold them accountable, get them on track and help them to move forward. And, and I always let my clients know it's never easy. Any of my coaching programs, it's never easy, but you have to be dedicated. You have to be committed to your healing and your, your recovery. You know, I, I mean, me personally, my recovery, I did have some setbacks. I'm not going to lie. I, I did miss the narcissist. I, I did, um, reminisce, but I was just like, I deserve better, you know, and I, I feel like a lot of us, we need to know our worth. We need to know that we deserve to be in a healthy and a happy relationship with someone that's going to 
um, commit to us and be with us, you know, without any toxicities or any negativities or any drama, chaos. Um, and we deserve to be happy. So I agree. Yeah. I yes. agree. Knowing yes. your self-worth is extremely yes. important, no Absolutely. matter if you've been in a bad relationship or not. Yes. You, know, <laughs> you matter and you are important and you're important to so many people. You are definitely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, Joy, thank you so much for talking with me. Yes. Thank you for having me. It was a pleasure. Of course. Of course. That was Joy Larkin, narcissistic abuse survivor, thriver, and life coach. And if you would like to learn more about Joy and her coaching programs, please visit my website, atstpodcast.com. That's letter A, tstpodcast.com. Thank you so much for listening to a Trauma Survivor Thrivers podcast. I'm Lori Lee Binstock. Take care.